0: And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the Scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website, www.thebibelive.com, or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888. That's P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible.
1: The entire Bible every year.
0: On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Some people will ask questions for the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial, because here's the host of The Bible Live, your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Sophie Dollar. Ready for another great program, as we walk
2: through the Bible together. What's that echo I'm hearing? There's
3: there's a weird sound, this is not...
2: There we go. I think that's better, right?
3: right? I think I'm working, though, John. I think <laughs> when he did that, I
2: think I'm working. All right. We've got our the right buttons pushed, all the right lights on, and we are ready to get started. Tonight, an unusual night, actually. We just finished our contemplation, our discussion last week of, um, let me see, what was it? We finished it with Job, and we went Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes. Uh, and what's that word you use for Ecclesiastes? Oh, Kohelos. It means um, collector. Collector, uh, and see, uh, and then Song of Songs. These this, this uh, marriage, or this uh, relational uh, diary, <laughs> of uh, Solomon and his first uh, wife, a young lady, his first marriage, of course, out of. Maybe a thousand or so it seems like, but uh, so we talked about those now this week, and we we got started in the New Testament epistles of Paul uh, with the Epistle to the Galatians, the churches and the believers that were in the region, the Roman region of Galatia, so we got started in that book, we talked about the fact that it was uh, considered to be kind of the book of romans light in other words it was it was it did have a, a good Uh, a fairly consistent you know uh, it was a strong theological presentation uh, in light of the coming of messiah then what what how does that it's kind of an upgrade or an update to the to the versions uh, to the gospel it's not it's not a departure i'm talking about from the old testament understanding it's not a departure but new things had developed and worked and and happened, and now there was an updra- an update then of the redemptive plan of God, uh, based on the idea uh, with the new development of the, the coming of Messiah. So, the book of Galatians, and there's some interesting things in there. Very very interesting in the book. A very uh, great talking about the Holy Spirit, uh, the fruit of the Spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. We uh, talks about the work of, the person and the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer, and so on. And the book of Galatians also, Jacob and I were just talking about the fact that it it had a, a general theme of Paul was warning against false teachers, and, and in particular this group called Judaizers, which uh, at least uh, Jacob has brought us to understand that Judaizers in particular were not necessarily Jewish people who were insisting uh, that... Um, Mm-hmm, that, 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 that these new followers of Jesus the Messiah uh, from the Gentile world that they had to become Jews. Well, that that's generally I think the attitude we have. But Jacob has mentioned that in his view, as he reads and historically as he studied it, that Judaizers weren't necessarily Jews who were in that camp, but it was it was Gentile believers who following Jesus, but who also said, "Okay, you know to be a Christian, we must also uh, opt into the Jewish religion, Jewish festivals, Jewish practices, and so on and, and in the sense of must we have to now if if a believer wanted to, a Gentile believer wanted to involve himself in, and go back in, into the roots of, of Judaism, and so and be involved in that way and, and be a follower of of uh, Yeshua with Jesus, that was fine but to to say that you had to." In order uh, to be saved or in order to be redeemed, uh, that was the thing that uh, Paul is—he's uh, he's rejecting that idea uh, biblically or in terms of the teaching. So he warns against that idea, the Judaizers, that you must— uh, become jewish as well as a follower of jesus
3: now well that's right is so that am i saying yeah. the right thing because yes, right, there are a group of people and uh, actually somebody contacted me during the week about that because uh-huh. i had analogized it to what you might call messianic believers today and I don't mean anything negative by that. I was just doing it as an item where people might be able to identify what Judaizers might have been thought of as. Uh-huh. And it's exactly what you say. Generally, it's you know it's pagan people that come into the religious world. And they thought that they had to become, quote-unquote, Jewish, and then accept Jesus. Uh-huh. And that's really not correct. They, they, but if they choose to do it, that's absolutely fine. But it was not required for the non-Jew to do that. Right. Okay. So that that's, I
2: think, uh, Paul is trying to straighten that out and trying to... Um, Correct that era into which some were drifting. Then we went on in now. Now, tonight we're going to talk about Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, uh, the, both of the letters Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica, 1st uh, and 2nd Thessalonians. And then we might even get a bit into the first of the pastoral uh, letters Paul wrote to Timothy. Uh, to these young uh, young pastors, Titus and Timothy, that he had helped to develop to nurture, to disciple, to train, and he writes letters to them toward the end of his life, both Timothy and Titus. but um, this is a series of, of, of books I, and, and how familiar in the Jewish world, Jacob how f- familiar are most Jewish believers, even with but I, I suppose there's not much familiarity with the New Testament Among epistles. The,
3: the standard run-of-the-mill uh-huh. Jew. Uh-huh. <laughs> Run, uh-huh. Run-of-the-mill Jew. Okay. I, I didn't say it. Okay. Uh, but, well, not the standard run-of-the-mill Jew. Practically none.
2: No, okay. So they don't know much about the New
3: Testament. No. I mean, you always have people who out of curiosity. Read it. Study uh-huh. it. <coughs> Pardon me. You always have people that are uh, more interested in really learning things in depth. So they will. But in all fairness, that can't arise, in my opinion, more than ten percent. I'd say ninety percent of Jews really are not familiar with it. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, let's take a look at it. That's where we are this week, and I, but but you are, and you have done us the favor of taking a look at these books with that Hebrew perspective, the Hebrew language, Hebrew culture, Hebrew religion, out of which I mean the Apostle Paul. Uh, him being Jewish, Jesus Yeshua himself being uh, Jewish. Um, did I say Paul being Jesus
3: being Jewish? Uh, and so is, it is. is Paul being, did you say is Paul being Jesus? <laughs> That's what I said. I uh, think. I think. I, be, have you had any coffee?
2: Uh, <laughs> I should have. I think I should have for sure. Um, so, the the book of uh, Ephesians uh, is all of these books: Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Each of them have their own themes, but in most cases in each case in, in each case, Paul is trying to address these congregations that right. with whom he've had a relationship. some of them are very strong interpersonal uh, uh friendships and relationships, and he has been part of their existence of helping bring them into existence as a body of believers in their particular cities and so he's writing back to them to protect them to gu- give them continued guidance and uh, essentially, this is this is Paul doing what what I, I've always said that, that Jewish people should have been doing all along, is helping uh, Gentile peoples come to know the true and living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the redemptive plan of God, and help them understand it, and and uh, and and. And move forward with it uh, to well, become part of And in
3: reality, when I read these, uh-huh. uh, I read them now in my mind. And that's like we were talking about uh, even uh, Christian publishers, if any comes to mind. <laughs> uh, okay. But I, I, uh, it's always been my reading when I read it. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Don't think I am. But I, when I read something in these, I, something clicks in my mind and I know... What they're referencing, I believe, from the Torah and from ancient teaching. So when I'm reading things, I'm thinking, well, yeah, I know where this comes from and what he's referring to. Now, if you lack that background, then you're going to make up the meaning that you don't know because you don't know what the background is. And that's
2: – and I'm, I'm not being critical or trying – that's I – believe, I believe that's what uh, – a great number of us as Gentile believers and even scholars and pastors and so on i I, I do believe to a great degree that's that's what we 've done we've We have the Old Testament, yes, we have the Old testament scriptures, and we may not understand them to the depth or in the same way that the Jewish people had which and we really would like to have the correct the right approach and understanding of them. And how I, I think ideally they flow right into the new. That should be, shouldn't that be the model? Well, if if hear, let's just say for the moment Jesus is this long-awaited. So you, predicted you only Messiah.
3: want him to be the Messiah for a moment. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm for you. If we, I got if you. We I'm, assume just, that more. I'm just tugging at <laughs> okay,
2: you. thank you.
3: Well, if we did assume that,
2: then it wouldn't be like a, a brand new thing, just a totally different thing from everything God has done and said in the past, and here's this all of a sudden this thing, it, particularly in the case of the Messiah, where there were predictions and prophecies and so on, uh, and the redemptive plan of God was already... Uh, In place, and it hadn't changed uh, his plan at all, then there would be a seamless flow. It would flow from one uh, level of understanding and and grasping of what God has done and said to another. And would you say that that's also, see, this, would you say that had taken place in the Hebrew, even in the Old Testament as well? Because there were significant, there were times in the Hebrew scriptures. In the Old Testament, the Tanakh, where where the plan of God took a a, a radical and major uh, step forward. For example, uh, we might as well. It could be after the after Noah, after the flood. Uh, it could be after the 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 You know, the, the Tower of Babel. Uh, after let's say after um, uh, mm, uh, the people of Israel taken out of Egypt. Those are major steps. I mean the plan is always the same plan God is the same the people of the plan, the redemptive plan of God is the same, but when it takes these major steps and re kind of a re uh uh figuring and formatting of the uh of the th- and the reminder of it now, and God let's say at Sinai issues them or 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 Noah in each case he issues them kind of a new uh Again, he goes over his plan, his, his commands to them, but it's updated to the time in which they live now instead of what, you know, what he told Moses at the base of Mount Sinai was a little different, maybe, or a little more complete. Or, it, In other words, it was made for that moment. It wasn't different, but it was made for that moment as opposed to what he had told Noah.
3: Well, I, uh, I, I, like, do you get yeah, what I'm saying? Kind yeah, of? I, I get what you're saying.
2: It's I, kind of like I, ver- I upgrades and start, versions
3: of uh, of computer software. I, I, by the way, let's talk about computer software. Would you like <laughs> to know something I discovered today? Mm, maybe. <laughs> Moses had the very first tablet that was connected to a cloud. <laughs> da 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 because there's a lot of people that really don't think about this. Look, Ephesians is written in, let me see, what uh, around 60, 60. 60 mm-hmm. A.D. John, the Gospel, about 85 A.D. Mm-hmm. So all these letters that we're reading, if we kind of keep in mind that traditionally, and I think most scholars would say, uh-huh. they all these letters were written by Paul before the Gospels are written. Now, with that in mind, In his letters, when Paul is referring to things like the Scripture says, and you'll find the Scripture that he's saying roughly quotes the Torah. That's right. So he cannot be referring to the Gospels because they evidently were not written for another 20 to 30 years. So he's got to be referring to what we call The Old Testament. Tanakh. Yes, Tanakh. Exactly so. Well, that's
2: my point, is that uh, there should be this seamlessness as it moves forward. And, of course, it hasn't been. In this particular case, it hasn't been. And we've talked about this before, Uh, of course, with people of Israel coming out of Egypt. They dealt with it. They went to the base of Mount Sinai. do Do you
3: remember the famous question that Moses asked God? What time do we eat? No, what, <laughs> yeah. what size shoe do you wear? No. no. Uh, he said, he goes up, he says, uh, Moses goes up on the mountain, uh-huh. uh, and God's that has this burning bush appear. God is eh, not really in the bush. Uh-huh, the okay. flaming bush is actually a symbolism of Israel okay. in Egypt. It's on fire, but it's not consumed. It's still there. It says it right after. When you read the the Hebrew Bible, you'll find it. Give you a picture, and within the next two or three verses, it'll tell you what it's uh-huh. talking about, if you're sensitive to it. So he goes up, and uh, and and God says, "You know, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob." Uh huh. And Moses says, "No kidding." So what's your name? Now. <laughs> <laughs> your voices are—they're they're killing me. But no. go ahead. That's it. Uh, a- <laughs> so, but remember. What Moses actually asked. All joking aside, he said, Now when I get down to Egypt, they're going to ask me what your name is. So they must have been expecting somebody to show up knowing God's name. Now, exactly what would that mean? There's a whole lot of possibilities. But they knew something was coming. Now where in the world do they have got that from? So I'd like to analogize that to what you might call the New Testament. Paul's writing these letters. When I read these letters, I'm thinking, it clicks in my head. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I am. I am an expert in my own opinion. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I go back and I read and I say, I know what he's referring to. And then I hear, quite frankly, uh, some Christian reader tell me what it means, and I always scratch my head and say, boy, I sure missed how you got that out of there. Mm-hmm. I'm reading it to mean something that's referenced. And I'm not sure that you get the understanding Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not sure you get the understanding out of it if you don't know what the phrase is he's using. And one of the prime examples is in uh, Ephesians chapter one, verse seventeen tonight. All right, go with that. Okay, you want me to? You want me to leave? <laughs> Take that and go. go. Actually, no, I mean let's run I, with that I've heard for that a from other people.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I have too, for that matter. Ephesians one seventeen. Okay. I've got that. How in does front your of me. version read? Your is version. a little more liberal than mine. Ever since oh, I'm gonna start at fifteen. Ever since I first well, heard of, of your you strong are. <laughs> Yeah. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, he's talking to the believers there in Ephesus.
3: Yeah, could I make one point for you go on? Sure, sure, sure. I want to always point out so the second point I like to make is when were these written prior to the gospel. The second mm-hmm. point is this is we always need to see who's he talking to. Because a lot of times people will take these verses and these letters and go back and try to apply them to the Jews. Mm-hmm. They do not apply to the Jews. They apply to the folks he's talking to. Okay, okay go ahead. Who, okay,
2: uh, and that's, good. that's why I started at 15. So we get it in its context. Sure. So uh, ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped, Paul says, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God.
3: Is that that yes. wisdom knowledge yes. Uh, yes. wisdom um, there you go. now look at seventeen when and your version actually says the word, "I pray for you to get a spirit of wisdom right uh-huh uh-huh now that 's what i 've been harping on, and i won 't harp on it great tonight. Just enough to be subtly annoying. Okay. And, uh, but you see what he's praying for? He's not praying for knowledge. He's praying for wisdom. Everybody, of course, as I've said this many times, in our culture, wisdom is the best. And that's fine, but it's not biblical. Wisdom comes from God. Then you get your understanding. understanding and and then, then you get knowledge. knowledge. That's why Adam knew his wife. Okay, so that you you picked up pattern here, yeah, so Paul. Not, in exactly. This there's a prime example. So what's I when I read this, I say, of course he's praying for them to get wisdom. He wants God to give them insight or wisdom. Wisdom
2: and insight. I guess insight would be the idea of understanding. I'm not quite I'm sure. I'm
3: thinking that's true.
2: And so that you might grow in your knowledge. And of see, God. this
3: is absolutely consistent with everything you read in the Torah. Uh-huh. That's not. It's always it's, in that order. Isn't it? it's always mm-hmm. in that order. You'll find it in Proverbs It actually says it. It says, God created the world, in the Proverbs, with wisdom. So wisdom is always first. And then it goes on two verses later, and with understanding and then knowledge. So it always goes that way. Even when they built the ark back in Exodus, mm-hmm. it starts off by saying that he chose men who had wisdom. Comma, understanding. And so the, when I read this, I'm thinking, well, I know exactly what he's talking about. Now, if I read that particular verse and I had it in a different order, it would cause me a stumbling block, you might say, in my mind.
2: Right. I see. I see. Uh, but, but it's not. It's not. So you it's gotta... <laughs> absolutely consistent. But this is a good example, though, of how we really do... Uh, We do benefit. Again, I'm not trying to kind of blow your horn and get you even more egotistical than you already are. (laughs) But, But we do need those insights. I believe, as Gentile believers, even today, after all these centuries, we too revere and read the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament, and we read that history. We read God dealing with Moses and so on. But I don't think we read it with the same intimacy. We don't read it with the same... Insight that you have as uh, the, uh, that it was part of your culture, your language, you understand the. The uh, the linguistic mm-hmm. idea, like you, this idea of talking in word pictures and so on.
3: Word pictures.
2: That's that's different for us. We now, don't. We let don't... me show
3: you another one. Mm-hmm, Just me. a couple of verses later. I'm uh-huh. going to say verse twenty, but you may start at verse two. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but at verse twenty, look what it says in twenty.
2: I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in Him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and see him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms now yeah I'm, now. Re- I'm That's the reading. next word is
3: now what's that? the next word is now well, yeah but look what he, look where he put him to sit down he said hey you sit there but where where did he make him sit down in the place of honor at God's right ah, hand now you see when a Jew reads that they know that has a specific meaning. I've heard this, and I know this. Uh, The left hand had to do with judgment. Yes. uh, And the right hand had to do with... Mercy. mercy. Kindness. Uh Uh-huh. So, when I'm reading it, it's not just saying a directional thing, like turn left at the next red light. It's saying, he set him at his hand for mercy. Why mercy? Because he's telling the Ephesians, the Colossians, the Colossians, all these fellows... You guys are getting the mercy of God like everybody else.
2: And he says also he calls it a place of honor yes. at the right hand. Yeah. Is that? Sure. That's part of the, the That's all part of the understanding. Right okay. Okay.
3: Right. But you see, if you don't know that the right hand carries that meaning with you way back from the Torah, you will either ignore. Or extrapolate to make it mean something you wanted to mean. I don't mean you, but I mean.
2: Uh huh, uh huh. No, no, don't worry at all. I'm, I'm, I don't mind being called part of the you there because we're all growing, right? Actually, we're all growing actually, and I don't and think you'd be
3: a you. I think you'd be a, 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 ram? Male, a male, a ram, yeah. Um, yeah,
2: that's for sure. I'm I'm we really macho here. Gosh, so, uh, uh, let's uh, make uh, you, sure we're. For understand those people
3: that. that don't know, is the word for a female sheep. Okay, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, listen, and, and,
2: uh, generally speaking, the book of Ephesians for us, if you're reading the book of Ephesians, it's talking to these believers in the church of Ephesus. There were a lot of distinctives. There's the whole section in the book of Acts that records Paul's visit to Ephesus. There was a big riot there. There's a a big temple dedicated to Diana. Uh, That's the the Greek name, I believe it is, the Roman name, I don't know. But uh, there's a temple of Diana there, and they they were making statues and so on. And, And people got really upset at for, uh, frankly, for economic reasons, really, because uh, they made a lot of money there off of tourism and coming to that temple. don't tip
3: over the collection plate, you that, know what I mean?
2: That, that's it. And so he got involved with the money. And people were making their little statues, the silver statues and so on of Diana. And, and Paul was upsetting that apple cart and uh, getting into the bidness, if you know what I mean. And um, so they had a big riot there, and Paul was taking it. So that's, you can read about the history of his visit there in Ephesus. But here now he's writing back to the body of believers that, that was established there, this church. And one of the characteristics of the book of Ephesians is he's reminding them that be, once they have come into this um, by, by faith in, in, in uh, Messiah, by faith in God and what he's done for us, once they've come into this, um, what would I say, confident, secure relationship with the creator, mm-hmm. that spiritually that, that they are given – they are reborn. They are given an actual new identity uh That they take on and there there are a whole series of things that become true of them because of their relationship to God through christ uh for example one thirteen says you're blessed with every spiritual blessing, chapter one verse four says you're holy and blameless uh in other words in the in in the courtroom of heaven. There's no outstanding uh, tickets on their on their record. There's no bench warrant out for their rest. Their, their record has been fully expunged, atoned, and their God views him and sees them as perfect, as holy in Christ already, be, not because of their goodness, but because of the imputed righteous, righteousness of Messiah and the atoning, the covering of their sin through the the uh, sacrifice of Calvary. So yeah, we can talk about a few of the other things that actually, the Book of Ephesians
3: two is a fascinating.
2: In Isn't it? Oh, yeah. And I'd like to kind of get your sense and understanding of this idea of this new identity, these these new things that are true of us because of, we've come into this relationship with God. And uh, I, I've got a few more I can mention to you uh, there. But that's one of the characteristics of Ephesians is he talks about this new person that we are in some new uh some new realities about our lives that we have the privilege of living, experiencing by faith if we are willing to believe and trust God and, and uh, appropriate those. Well, there's our music. We've got to get out of here, give you a chance to uh, hear from our sponsors. 340-9585, that's a local phone line, 340-9585. Please don't go away. We will be right back.
1: 78 God's promises are sure
5: our daily bread.
1: Today's encouragement from the Our daily bread devotional was written by Kirsten Holmberg. When a person without a long history of paying his or her bills on time wants to obtain a loan to purchase a home or car, lenders are often reluctant to take the financial risk. Without a track record, that person's promise to repay what he borrows is insufficient for the bank. The would-be borrower usually resorts to finding someone who does have a history of making good on their debts, asking them to put their name on the loan, too. The co promise assures the lender the loan will be repaid. When someone makes a promise to us, whether for financial, marital, or other reasons, we expect them to keep it. We want to know that God will keep his promises, too. When he promised Abraham that he would bless him and give him many descendants, Abraham took God at his word. As the creator of all that exists, there is no one greater than he. Only God could guarantee his own promise. Abraham had to wait for the birth of his son and never saw how innumerable his offspring would grow to be. But God proved to be faithful to his promise. When he promises to be with us always, to hold us securely, and to comfort us, we too can trust him to be true to his word. Take inspiration from scripture wherever you go with the Our Daily Bread mobile app. You can set reminders to read the devotionals and even take notes. Visit getodbtoday.org. Today's encouragement was provided by our Daily Bread Ministries.
0: Daily devotionals, community events, audio from your favorite ministries, and timely articles for the Christian family, all in one place. AM630TheWord.com That's AM630TheWord.com Hey, this is Bob Olszewski. Thanks for listening to Plugged In. Justin Timberlake is back to his typical pop-infused musical roots with a new tune called Soulmate, a track many are already proclaiming as a frontrunner for the informal title of this year's Song of the Summer. What's problematic here, however, is the way Timberlake implies one steamy night equates to becoming someone's soulmate. Listeners are encouraged to disregard committed emotional intimacy, exchanging it instead for the right physical chemistry. That's not what God calls us to look for, and it's definitely not how you find a person you want to spend the rest of your life with. So I'll give Soulmate a 2 out of 5 for family friendliness. For more, visit us at PluggedIn.com slash radio. I'm Bob Olszewski. Focus on the families plugged in. Find out more about your favorite programs and the ministries on AM 630 The Word by going to the program guide at AM 630TheWord.com. There you'll get connected to the ministry website, email, and phone number. Plus, find out when your favorite show airs on the program guide at AM 630TheWord.com.
1: Listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
2: First, the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. From the Gospel of Matthew, I think, actually. We are back. We're looking uh, tonight here on the Bible Live show. We're looking at uh, these books that on our reading schedule that we... These short books, actually, uh, sometimes we'd read the uh, the entire book every, in the evening, uh, in one evening, and uh, maybe even part of another. But we're going through Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, First and Second Thessalonians, and uh, the first of the pastoral epistles of Paul to this young man named Timothy. Uh, and we'll get to those slowly. Surely we're trying to work our way forward. We've spent some time a little bit with Galatians last week uh called Romans light and look at some of the distinctives and the uh characteristics of that letter that Paul wrote now we're talking about this book uh, to the Ephesians and the, the the believers that were in the city of Ephesus I've referenced Speaking uh,
3: of light the do you book know of what Acts you call a Jew that went on diet and lost 30 pounds uh
2: something light
3: Yeah uh, Israel light <laughs>
2: Oh, that's pretty good, actually. Yeah. That, uh, well, right, yeah. again, you're on a roll tonight, evidently. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's why so many uh, so many Jews become comedians, right? Is that? I
3: don't know about you, that. You spend yeah, a whole lot knows. of time thinking. Yeah, well, of, I always heard it? as long as they're laughing, they're not killing you. <laughs>
2: Again, wah, wah, as, did it, as John says, uh, let's say, now we were coming, we were talking about the book of Ephesians and one of the books, one of the characteristics of the book is that Paul spends a great deal of time, great deal of time talking about a new identity we have now as God's people, um, both Jew and Gentile. In other words, they've broken down the wall of separation or attempting to, uh, potentially that was the purpose of what Messiah has done, and that now that we as God's people, we are... We are simply the people of God together, uh, one uh, in, in harmony and, and one with each other. Our destinies are tied together uh, as, as God's people. And he talks about um, a new series of realities. And he goes into a description. See, when we talk about being becoming a Christian or being a Jewish and so on, we think of that as a religious uh, expression. We think of that as a religious uh, description. Whereas for Paul here, when we talk about let 's say being a christian or uh, being jewish these are not it 's not i 'm a member of this religious group it 's uh, it 's a body of belief it 's a body of of, of it's a it 's it's a, it's a sphere of reality in which we live uh, it 's not just you know a club we 've joined and, and belong to it's it 's the reality of our existence and what he talks about in ephesians here he he says here are some characteristics now. Of the people of God, that had and these these are kind of updated because of the coming of of, of Messiah, and Him accomplishing and finishing His work, uh, His life, His death, His resurrection, and so on. Now here's an update. Is here is what. Here are some truths about us as God's people that this is part of our legacy, part of our heritage, part of the blessings that God well, has given know, to one us of the things that in Christ.
3: I, I always run into, I always hear that, uh, and I, I listen to a lot of Christian preachers uh-huh. on the radio on mm-hmm. things. Because uh, I I learned from what they say, and I do have a hobby. And I haven't been doing it so much recently, but I have visited a number of Christian churches on Sundays to hear what they're saying. <laughs> and uh, they t-
2: you visited almost as many as I have, so that's
3: pretty well, good actually. Um, I, I will say this that the, they truly have a. An invigorated spice of variety. <laughs> no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, but I will say this. You know how in Romans it says that people, that the non-Jew is grafted in, right? Uh-huh. Well, what's interesting, we all know that verse there. The Christians know it better than anybody. But at the same time, I find the exact opposite message is always given in Christian churches. Now, I say this from a Jewish perspective. Uh-huh. I think... Because they're always talking about how the Jew must be grafted into the Christians. And I'm thinking, well, that's not what that says. (laughs) You're exactly right. And I've
2: noted that myself a little bit of a contradiction. We celebrate and acknowledge that we've been grafted in. We've become part of God's people and 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 so on. One of
3: the things that's actually on your list of questions, Mm -hmm. but one of the things in Chapter 2... There's two or three verses there that, to me, and see, I'm even showing you this presently. Mm. uh, I keep that blown up, and I keep that right there in the New Testament, because to me, it explains Christianity. Christianity. But that's to me.
2: Well, let's look at that it, 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 when we get a chance because I think I know what you're, you're talking about. Do you, you want know, to talk to Harold real quick first?
3: Why, sure. I would not ever decline to talk to Harold.
2: <laughs> okay. Harold, join us. Uh, thank you for calling in tonight here yeah. on the Bible Live. Oh, good to hear from you.
3: Sure. Yeah, nice to hear from you.
6: I haven't called in a few weeks. Uh,
3: yeah.
6: I picked well, up we, my We son were from... going to
3: call you in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, we were. <laughs> <laughs> good,
6: good. Yeah. I picked up Harold, you know, he was at Fort Knox doing some military army training and i forgot my bible in the back of his car but don't worry i got like
2: 10 more probably you got it memorized anyway so that's yeah
6: i wish and uh you know it's the the conversation started out with 90 percent of jewish people uh don't read the new testament or not interested in it and and i think that's fine i mean uh I've been to some studies with that way back in the ancient times when the argument was circumcised or not circumcised, and they, they said, "Well, it's going to be circumcised," and they, they just kind of broke off. But uh,
3: is that a play on uh, words?
6: <laughs> no well, pun intended, right? Okay, you know, I'm, you know, well, <laughs> I just got, just got it. He just got his own joke. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm a little slow. I get you're funny. But, you didn't you know, know it. I, I didn't even know it, but but the other thing is, um, you know, when you say the Jewish perspective on on things, the way you know Christianity, I'm not saying it's an easy easy religion, but in some ways it is very not very, but it you know it is easy. You know, you believe in Jesus Christ, you know, you know, as your Lord and Savior, and and I do believe that you know He didn't come for the Jews he came for the nations and thank God for thank God for that Jewish yes, guy yeah. you know that yeah. that did come for the nations and it seems like to me that christianity is hard and when you listen to what jacob says and how i think he might be repeating some things that he wrote down in his book i haven't heard about in a while how things were back I don't know, seventy AD, hundred AD. Uh-huh. The the life that was they experienced back then at Christianity, it wasn't easy back then, and Christianity today isn't easy. But sometimes it feels like, oh yeah, you know, it, Christianity is so easy. You know, there's nothing to it. All you got to do is these one, two, little, three things. And, yeah. and and in some respects, Judaism is the same way. You know, got to do the things that we do they do and but you know i i'm interested in in all of it you yeah, know
2: yeah exactly
6: you know you know the christians suffered back in those early days and christianity came out of it why wouldn't someone want to know what they went through even i mean i know it it probably hurts you know it, it's not going to be nice it's not pretty and just because i would i mean shoot I got adopted at Antioch Baptist Church here in San Antonio, you know. So I feel that I'm a good person, and they accepted me, you know. You know the way I am, and uh, Pastor Kim even asked me one time, "How old are you, Harold?" Anyway, and I told him sixty three. He kind of started laughing a little bit. You know, I might have started. Act, I'm, I might act a little bit younger than I am, but uh, <laughs> you know, childlike
2: but, faith. Let's put the let's put the best spin yeah, on that we can. Yeah.
6: Yeah, and. So I just want to know about Mm -hmm. how it was back then, you know, in those first hundred years or so. And why shouldn't we know it as Christians? I mean, some people might not want to know. I think my grandmother would have wanted to, you know, to know. Uh, well, I think you're
2: exactly but, right, Harold. And it's what I've said all along. I, I don't, I don't, I, I often tell uh, folks when, when I'm teaching, wh- whether Lackland, working with the basic trainees or other places, that the, the redemptive plan of God is is truly of one piece. Uh, it, it, there isn't. It isn't like there's a whole different plan now. Okay, we're going to Plan B here and so on. Uh, it, in other words. Uh, it, the scriptures actually say that Jesus was the Lamb slain from before the foundation of the world. In other words, this the the redemptive plan of God was put in place. The principles are the same for every generation. It's just that we know. Uh, is it, I like the idea of, of equating it to upgraded versions of the same uh, of the same software. You get a software package, let's say QuickBooks or some other uh, software that you use. Well, the, the, but then. With, with realities of time and development of of uh, digital uh, of technology and so on, software increases software changes software adapts uh, you get and it, but it doesn 't change. Essential. Th- th- right. It doesn't change it itself entirely, and that, I think that's what we have in God's redemptive plan. It ro- it was one always the same, and the principles that guided it were always the same. People who mm-hmm. come into faith into the relationship with God back in Moses' time, how did they do it? By faith. Faith was. That, and Paul makes that point. Moses, Abraham, they all faith was the common thing. Mm-hmm. That faith in what God had shown them about Himself. But it, the point is, is that we. Mm-hmm. We have different amounts of what God has shown us because, as we move forward in time and history, we know more. We we're building now right. on the foundation of their experiences, and so our faith—the principle of faith—is still there. But but the content of the faith might change because now we know more. So I, mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think. May I
6: add just one thing? It's it's yeah. a
2: it's a it's a seamless progression. I think. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Just one more thing.
6: Um, I just want to add, or, or just say one more thing is you know when. Jacob says, and me, as a listener, and uh, born and raised as a Baptist and converted to Judaism, you know, you know, when you hear, you know, the Jewish point of view, you know, I, I don't believe it's the Jewish point of view of today. I believe it's the Jewish point of view, a uh, view from back then, sixty A.D. What do you mean? Know, it's the days. Jewish
2: point of view from back, that that matters, is what you're saying.
6: No, I'm I'm saying what Jacob seems to what I, what I'm hearing when he explains and he says, well, the Jewish point of view. I don't think it's the average Jew today, the Jewish person today. I I'm catching that it's the Jewish person. The way it was meant back then. Oh, That's you the have
2: way. you have uttered a wisdom and a truth beyond your understanding in that because uh, uh, part of it has to do with this book, famous book that Jacob has finished mm-hmm. and completed, and the way it's being viewed. But
3: maybe you could speak to that, Jacob, instead of us sitting here talking well, about I you. I think the most important right. thing is, Harold. Do you know what a yep. pun is?
6: Pun. What. Well, Pun? Yeah, I've heard of it. I've
3: Okay, been a P U N a, a pun. Do you know what two thirds of a pun is? You know, Campbell family. I don't know. Oh, it's uh, It's P U.
6: Oh, <laughs> I don't know how that helps me out. Well, but, uh, he
2: he's got his he's got his comedic uh, hat on tonight. For some reason, he's on a roll.
6: Yeah, he's going wild tonight. I can tell. <laughs> but anyway, I'll, you know, I let y'all go. You know, but Thank you, you know, uh, Harold. People that listen, you know, they got to keep that in mind. It's not. The Jewish guy from a certain temple here in San Antonio or, in, or around the world, it's the way I'm thinking, the way when he says it, it's the people from the way it was meant to be back then. And that doesn't take away from Christianity. No, the way, the,
2: the way it was written, the la- like we've always said, the Hebrew culture, Hebrew history, Hebrew language, trad- and understandings, that is key. But that's not just... For now, and and I think what he's
3: saying there is important. And I think, yeah, what is Harold saying is important <laughs> and accurate and and very accurate. Okay, all right. Well, important then, inaccurate.
2: Uh, you won't have any more comment about what. Well,
3: actually, I was just going to say, Harold, are you there? No, he's gone. He's gone. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Soapy, are you there? I'm here. Okay. Uh, no, I'm gone. Okay. <laughs> I'm leaving. Uh, look at look at in chapter two, because to me, you know, we know this thing about being grafted in in Romans. Uh-huh. But the reason I, I really have this all highlighted in this Bible, and I have, even have this print out, is we're this.
2: talking about the Book of Ephesians, yeah, chapter, Ephesians two. chapter two,
3: Ephesians chapter two of verse twelve. Now uh-huh. Paul is writing to the Ephesians. That's generally a Greek area. Uh-huh. And look what it says in twelve. It says, "Remember that you at one time were separate from Christ." excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Uh, and he says in 13, But now in Christ Jesus, you uh, who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Now, if we stop and look at what that's saying, It's absolutely Christ
2: meeting Messiah. Yes, Yes, of
3: course. But what he's saying is you were not included until somehow you got in, grafted in to the nation of Israel. You were not included and you were not part of the commonwealth of Israel in 12 and strangers to the covenant of promise. But obviously now he's saying, but now you're part of the covenant of promise. And you're a part of the commonwealth of Israel. In fact, if he goes down to verse um, 15, he goes on to say, But abolishing, referring to Jesus, Uh by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of commandments, contained in the ordinances. Now, when you read that, if you don't pause and take in what's saying, you'll take it the opposite way.
2: This is really going to be pretty, folks. I've heard him say this before, and, and I think it's a beautiful a, a beautiful way of understanding.
3: Well, before. and I hope it's right. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> yes. it says, abolishing in his flesh, he's talking about Jesus, the enmity. What is enmity? Hatred. Hatred, resentment. bitterness, resentment, mm-hmm. sure. So Jesus abolished the bitterness, the enmity, of the Gentiles against the laws of God. So now they can be part of the commonwealth of Israel and covenants of promise. So they're fully grafted in, That's what he's saying. He said, and your vehicle, if you'll pardon the pun, of doing that was, Jesus, he got you in, and so, look, he got you in, so you're part of Israel now.
2: So no longer do we have to resent and be angry at these rules, you know, that God, God's laws. God's yeah. laws yeah. Uh, because now we we are actually beneficiaries of them because exactly. he, is, oh, he boy. is
3: writing his laws he on says our hearts. Exactly that. And remember if you go backwards up to eleven, it says what the Jews kinda used to think of the Jew the Gentiles that were not included into Israel. Mm-hmm. They said, Paul's saying, Therefore remember that you formerly were Gentiles on the flesh who were called uncircumcised. In other words, not included in uh-huh, the covenant. Uh-huh by the so-called circumcision, which is the Jews, which is performed in the flesh by human hands. So the Jews, as a group, fleshly people, they did the circumcision, which made them part of the physical covenant. Uh And they would look at other people that didn't do that and say, well, you guys aren't really believing in God. You're not included in the covenant. And so they, what Paul is trying to say, I believe, he's saying, look, now you're included, part of the covenant, Commonwealth of Israel, and you also are our heirs to the promises of Israel. So you're part of Israel. So as you like to say a lot, that uh the people of God. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it's saying here, and exactly what I take. And then as it goes on, he says, Therefore it broke down in his flesh. That's verse two fifteen. Broke down in his flesh, Jesus. The enmity or the bitterness or the resentment towards the commandments of God. And so,
2: it broke thinking, So, that for the for the Gentiles, he has by his word he's brought us into uh, harmony with God's laws and and broke, freed us from our hatred and resentment of authority and the rules of God that we felt like threatened by or something. Uh, 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 so, we he's delivered us from our hatred of the law, and for the Jewish people, uh, I was mentioning he has. Delivered them from their bondage to the law. In other words, that uh, if there was the era of thinking that was somehow we came to a, the way that we came to be reconciled to God, and came to know God, was through keeping the laws, uh, that would be a bondage. That would mean, wow, well, we're having to do this. But now we know we don't have to because He has, through Messiah, He has accomplished that force. And so we've both been freed, one of our resentment, one of our fear, and that we live now in harmony with God's laws because part of what God is doing is now he is writing his laws on our hearts. That's part of the redemptive you know, it's plan. it's
3: interesting you quote that verse. That's in the book of Hebrew. Mm-hmm. It's in the New Testament. Yeah. And I've often said to Quoted many Quoted from the,
2: the book of it, Jeremiah, I it believe. It is. Yeah. And,
3: indeed it is. And I've often wondered, since the book of Hebrews, of course, is considered Christian scripture, mm-hmm. I've often wondered, and I've said to many people, well, didn't God tell everybody that the laws are done away with? and they always say what are you talking about and they say well it says he's going to write him on your heart doesn't he know that under the certain <laughs> christian doctrines they've done away with why is he going to
2: write this this Content on your heart. That's right. This,
3: so, so what he's going to do, he's saying the, the, the that they're know, still yeah. good and they still valid. In fact, I'm going to make sure you got them because it will be on your heart. Uh, you know, <laughs> earlier when we started talking about this, you started talking about how things were built on something else and built on and built on, right? Uh huh. Yes, yes. Well, w- would you be good enough to read 2, 19 and 20? Look what it says, exactly what you just well,
2: said. I don't, have, I don't know if it has anything to do with goodness, but I'll do it. So now, he, Paul says, you Gentiles are no longer strangers or foreigners you are citizens along with all of God's holy people I love that for God's people. you are members of God's family together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself
3: So yeah so what he's clearly saying is exactly what you were suggesting and we and it says what it says. Uh, whether a person agrees or believes that's another point mm-hmm. that it says what it says and it's, and so absolutely what paul is writing here to the ephesians look you guys aren't excluded you don't have to have a diane and the idols and all that other business you're included But, and so you don't have to worry about being circumcised or uncircumcised, and you don't have to hate God's laws anymore. And because everything that came in the past, as you said, in 19 and 20, you're not aliens anymore, you're included. And it's built on the prophets and all that.
4: Mm -hmm. Isn't that
3: interesting? It really is. Not only interesting, it is just... To me, actually,
2: just beautiful. When you think of the the plan of God, it, it's just so astounding, uh, astoundingly beautiful in its completeness in in every way. Now, I do want to mention some of these traits that in the Book of Ephesians we find about our new identity in Christ. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing. We are holy and blameless, without fault. There are no. We are not with our own holiness and righteousness, but we're imputed the righteousness of Christ. Clothed in His righteousness and goodness, Uh, we are adopted into God's family as His children. Our sins are forgiven and taken away; all sin, past, present, and future, sin is no longer a barrier, no longer an impediment to our relationship with God. Now, it can still affect our fellowship, the quality of our experience of God, and our fellowship with Him. But our relationship with God is no longer can no longer be impeded by sin because it's been removed, atoned for. Uh, We will be brought under Christ's authority. Marked as God's by the Holy Spirit uh, that dwells now with us and accompanies uh, us. He's our spiritual wingman, as they say in the Air Force, to escort us to glory. We're raised to sit with Christ in heavenly realms. Uh, God's masterpiece, we're told, in 210. Brought near to God in two thirteen, three six says we share in the promise through Christ. Uh, we can come with freedom and confidence into God's presence in in uh three twelve. Uh five twenty nine says we are members members of Christ's body, uh, the ecclesia, the church. Well just just If you want to be really, really blessed as a believer, read Ephesians, because it tells us of some great truths. Now, the wall of separation is broken down between Jew and Gentile. I wanted to ask you one last thing before we move on to the book of Philippians. Is this what you were telling me earlier about this submission, mutual submission that husbands and wives, how husbands and wives are to relate to each other. We often think in our, uh, I've heard preach a lot that women are called to submit to your husbands, and they're, they're. our passage, but frankly, the, the model true model is that husband and wife are to uh, humbly and mutually submit to one another out of, res- of reverence for Christ. And you were telling me something about uh, in the Hebrew scripture, in the Hebrew understanding that the man is the the titular head of the family. He takes, and it's not a matter of authority so much. Maybe that's a part of, it, well, but also if responsibility. I, I was
3: stopped at a red light uh-huh. and a UPS truck hit me. Certainly, the driver's at fault, but he's carrying out the mission of his employer, UPS. So who do I sue? UPS. You see, so the company becomes liable. There is no doubt about it, and this gives us a little insight to the old story of Adam and Eve, uh-huh. because actually, what's happening here is, as you in chapter five, verse twenty-two, it says, uh, "Wives, be subject to your own husbands, as to the Lord." And so what's going on is he's saying, look, it's only your husband, not other men, just your husband. It's a family unit. And why would that be the case? Well, it would be the case because, uh, because, okay, so it's, not, it's because the you might say the husband's in the role of the UPS truck. So you're going to get the, the husband takes the hit for it. He's supposed to be, it's a family unit. And if you, in fact, if you want to see that reinforced in the book of Acts, remember uh-huh. when Paul uh, baptizes a jailer? And it says, Him and his whole household was saved. We're coming to that in the book of Philippians. That's how that congregation okay. began. And remember Noah? Noah was righteous and his family was saved. So the idea is that it's a family unit. And if there's a failure in the family, it goes on the man. He takes the hit, not the woman. Very good. Ooh, maybe you have a question about that.
2: 340-9585 is our number. has a lot of implications in the times in which we live, men and the husband and wife mutually submitting to one another in love. You can give us a call if you'd like. 340-9585. And we move on now to the book to the Philippians. We'll be right back. The song
4: comes up.
5: You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
2: All right, we are back. Our final segment tonight. We hadn't made the the speed that I wanted to. We've gotten uh we've commented on the book the book of Galatians, we well, are commented going by on quality, the book of Ephesians. Not by quality as opposed to quantity. Okay. Let's go on to Philippians. Uh uh I, I hate to shortchange this little book, but it is it is it's really uh, to me, it's one. Of the, I, I, it's one of my favorite books. The theme of the book is joy, uh, one form of or another of that word. Joy, rejoice, or joy uh, is used 16 times in just a very short little letter, and it's very ironic because he's writing. Paul began his experience with the Philippians in jail. <laughs> you were just alluding to that—the that the the, uh, the Philippian jailer that yeah. was going to kill himself when the yeah. you know the doors were opened, and he said, "Don't do it. We're all here." Mm-hmm. And then he he and his house, it uh, said they were baptized and began to follow the Lord. And then it, when Paul is writing him the letter, he's writing from jail again. So uh, this is a, it, its ironic that the key theme of the book would be rejoice would be joy way uh, uh, it's just really precious he, there was a very close personal relationship between Paul uh, and the this congregation clearly there was a uh, there was a lot of love between them there were uh, there were offerings that they had sent to help him and, and responding to him for offerings uh, I think in in uh, Jerusalem as well so there was um there was a closeness here that's really really that you catch when you read the the, the book itself. Um, the book of uh, Philippians, I'm not sure if there's anything about the book itself that I guess that tonight we might want to mention. He talks about the importance of prayer, um, you don't, which is really good for our days. It says, don't be anxious about anything, but in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests known unto the Lord. And boy, there's so much anxiety. There's so much fear in our, in our society, in our world today, that the whole point is that our relationship with God should alleviate, that should le- let us not, we can be concerned, we can be uh, engaged and so on, but we don't have to be fearful because God is definitely guiding control and uh, and he's doing what he's doing. And, and we can trust and know that the victory indeed is his. So um, prayer there is mentioned, how how the importance of it to our lives. Let me see if there's another um, general theme. I don't know if you're familiar
3: with the, the little book of Philippians, Jacob. Uh, well, I've read it. Is there it. anything you would add? Um, well, I find it interesting uh chapter, uh, I guess it's chapter 3, actually. Yeah, chapter 3, starting at verse uh, 2. That's kind of of interesting to me. What is it about it that's... uh, It says, uh, beware of the dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of false circumcision. Now, it conjures up all kinds of things in your mind. For we are the true circumcision who worship in the spirit of God and glory of Jesus Christ, it says, who put on no confidence in our flesh. Uh-huh. I think that's interesting. Then in verse 5, of course, he makes reference to himself, that he was from the tribe of Benjamin, and he was, uh, he was circumcised on the eighth day. So... Since he's referring to himself, that cannot be the false circumcision that he's referring to. Right, exactly. So he's got, the, what do you think he's referring to?
2: Who say you must, uh, watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For who- we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised, not in the flesh, but of the heart, in other words. We rely on what Messiah Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort uh, and so on. Um, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel, a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew. I like that. sounds like I'm, I'm pure-blooded. I'm a Native American. I'm a member of the tribe of the Apache. You know, <laughs> it, I, it makes me think of that. I don't know why. A real Hebrew, if there ever was one, uh, I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. Well, could he have actually
3: been... Including himself in that idea of dogs at one time I, I, in his I, life? I don't think so. I okay. think he's referring to somebody else that's uh, trying to get people to go along with a different point of view. Okay. All
2: right. go, go for it. It sounds like in a way he might have been. With this going back and saying, "I was once among them. I was circum. I was this. I was a real Hebrew. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church, and obeyed the law without. I once thought things. These things were valuable, but now I consider them self them worthless, yeah. because of what Christ has done, uh, and so and so. So uh, the. Uh, uh, that's why I thought maybe right. he well, maybe. maybe maybe he was uh, thinking that one time he was among them. Right. I don't
3: know. What are you thinking? Uh, I, I'm I'm thinking that there's somebody... Well, what are you
2: going to have separate, for supper separate after the program's over tonight?
3: Um, the uh, I'm thinking that it's somebody that uh, is trying to perpetuate a certain point of view, that people have to follow a certain idea that may not be exactly what Tyra Benjamin and the other Jews would have followed. Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. And... Uh, and I know, and I know. Whenever we get chance, I want to jump over to something fascinating in your book of Colossians.
2: Colossians. Well, let's just move on to it. We don't. We have uh, just limited time, but we do have a call coming in. Bob is on the line, one here. Let's go and visit with Roberto. Bob, how are you tonight? Glad to hear from you.
5: Hi, uh Sophie. Yes, uh, this is. Uh, and uh, enjoying the show. Uh, uh, I just uh, wanted to ask about a couple of scriptures. Uh, for instance, uh, why would Paul say, "Let's keep the feast of unleavened bread" to the Corinthians, and why would uh, why would one of the prophets say uh, that uh, if all the nations will come up to Jerusalem year by year to uh, keep Sukkot, the feast of tabernacles, and also uh, those are Gentiles, and they would be doing something that's quote unquote Jewish? And then why would uh, the uh, why would the the Gentiles all the nations be saying, "Let's go up to the mountain of the Lord and learn of His ways, and we won't learn war anymore." And I'm just asking if you don't want to do do things according to the law of Moses, aren't wouldn't that equate to saying, uh, "Well, enjoy your wars because you're going to have more wars if you're <laughs> the way you learn the way you learn not to have wars." Is to learn of the ways of the Lord, going up to to Mount Zion, Mount Zion, and and learning of His ways, which are uh, in, in uh, the first five books of the Scriptures.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm on board with you uh, uh, entirely. I I think it's part of what we're saying is that uh, I don't know. It, it's it's kind of ironic. In other words, the the spiritual plan of God is exactly what you're talking, uh, that bringing peace, bringing harmony, and so on. I think it's when we take the spiritual plan of God and we try to uh, make it part of our social human reality in our social groups and our societies that you've got to be careful that you don't use, lose the spiritual purity of it in the logistics and in the... Uh, in the exercise of it, in in uh, in terms of like religious expression, uh,
3: did I just say anything that no, makes sense I, to and, you? And Bob or uh, Robert, uh, here's an idea. What you you also named you named uh, Sukot, which is would be known. As what Feast of the, Tabernacles, right? Feast of Tabernacles. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> um, okay. It's uh, just one thing I knew. I had to get credit for it. Uh, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, you know, the Bob in the audience has answered. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, but just so you talked about that, and you know, if you go back and look at these things, I don't know that this is a satisfactory answer. But uh, those, there are three pilgrim feasts. You're, I'm sure you're aware of that, right, Bob? Pilgrim feasts. Bob? He may have hung up in listening to us. Bob, are you gone? Okay. Well, there are three pilgrim feasts, and I think Bob does make a good point. And it does seem, if it says that uh, you don't have to do all the Jewish stuff, but I think the distinction may be is that you don't have to do the Jewish stuff and then accept... Uh, Jesus mm-hmm. from a Christian or a pagan mm-hmm. who became a Christian point mm-hmm. of view but you can accept Jesus. Now once you've done that then the wall says of the enmity between the of, of the commandments is not there. So I think it may be an order of progression rather than a requirement. What I mean by that is uh, it uh, and I, cause he mentioned a couple of the feasts. There are three pilgrim feasts that you must go, at least you're supposed to go to the temple. Mm-hmm, of course, there's mm-hmm. no temple now, so nobody can do that.
2: But, there was a tabernacle that was uh, 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 Yom Kippur? Which uh, no, uh, it
3: would be Yom Kippur and, uh, of course, uh, the Passover. Day of Atonement and uh-huh, Passover, Atonement. okay. So, so, But if you look closely... What the distinction appears to me to be is you don't have to become Jewish and then accept Jesus for a Christian. Mm-hmm. It appears what Paul is saying, as I'm understanding. Accept Jesus, become a Christian. And once you've done, he's broken down the wall between your bitterness mm-hmm. against the laws of God, then you follow the laws of God. So I think that he's saying it's what comes first. You don't have to be Jewish to accept Jesus, who I think is what he's saying. But then after you do, then the wall of any distrust or bitterness towards the laws of God is gone. So he's brought
2: both groups, Jew and Gentile, into the appropriate right uh, relationship with God and his laws. And each had a general tendency of misunderstanding. The Gentiles had uh, uh, an understanding that led them to resent and and reject
3: authority uh, of laws. And it it broke down the wall of enmity, and Jews may have had... Even today, let's be candid about this, even today... Almost most people, I would say. I don't know the percentage, but uh-huh. most people uh, do not like to be told what to do, and they sure don't want to be told by an invisible god. <laughs> you know what an atheist is, right, John? Do you know what an atheist is? One of the traditionally. Uh huh. He doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, do you know what an atheist is, Soapy? Atheist is uh, one who. Uh, Rejects the idea of uh, God. Well, let me make it a little more tangible. He has no invisible means of support. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like it. It's all right. So, you're on a roll tonight. You're, you're doing well, good, yeah. bro. I, I think you're. So, but the point is, you could so, probably start a new I, career I th- if you I wanted think, to. I think Bob is 100 percent correct because what Bob is saying is, I think he's quoting. Uh, and he, I, w- I wish he hadn't hung up, but he uh-huh. did evidently. Either that or you. Cut him off! I don't no, know. no, no, no! Uh, but uh, I wouldn't do that. But anyway, um, he's saying you go up to the mountain of the Lord, and everybody will, and it'll be the house of prayer for all people. Well, as I, I and I, that's a hundred percent correct. And but why? How did the non-Jew, the pagan, let's say, that who be, get there Well, they became a Christian? They didn't get, become a Christian by first becoming Jewish and then believing in Jesus. Uh-huh. They believed in Jesus and then they, they realized that they yeah, had become a Jew yeah, at the there same you go. time. So I think <laughs> Bob, they adopted into the Jewish. I, I road, think you know. Bob is right. Yep. I think it's more to the order rather than anything else. Maybe well right.
2: Well, let's go on to Colossians because I want to comment on, uh, on these, each of the. books if we can you said you had uh, an interesting insider well, it's thought a, it's about in
3: chapter 1 verse 26 27 that
2: oh a, a beautiful passage if i remember correctly
3: colossians 126 uh, yeah colossians 126 27 and you you should find that in your bible i should okay i'd have it right here you want me to read it sure why
2: not so God has given me the responsibility, Paul says, of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past. Very, This is a secret message from God. Uh, but now... That message has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Messiah are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ in you. This gives us assurance of sharing his glory. Christ in you. the I think most of us have memorized the phrase Christ in you, the hope of glory. Okay. Is that a far enough?
3: Yeah. Well, yeah. Unless you want to. I mean. hmm. Go but, ahead. But it is fascinating. He's talking about something was hidden. Well, what was hidden? In the version I'm looking at, it says, 26, it says, The mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but now is manifest to the people of God. Uh Now, what was hidden?
2: I'm going to tell you what I think was hidden okay okay all right I, and, and and what it is I think that was hidden was the the idea that we this whole idea of being born again of being a new person that that the redemptive plan of God is not just warmed over sinful humanity that 's not the redemptive plan he he just it 's not just reforming us we 're not turning over a new leaf and just becoming a better. We were a sinner, and now we're better. The the secret plan of God is an actual new act of creation, that we have become a new person. In Christ, and in the secret now, is just as the blood of Adam flowed. The DNA of Adam gives us our biological life in existence. It is the life of Christ now, as the firstborn of the twice born, the Redeemer, the second, the last Adam. He has now started a, a new race of humanity, the race of the redeemed, and that the real secret hidden was that it, it's not about just. Religiously being changed, or changing groups, or getting making a uh, New Year's resolution, or you know, reform, you know, reforming. But the the deep truth of our redemptive plan of God is that that we have become a new people. We are reborn. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I think that might be it. It's now the life. Of well, Christ who flows in, spiritually flows that flows what, in us.
3: What would twenty? Does that make sense? Well, it makes it, it, sense. Okay. Well, let's see if we can polish it. Okay. Let's say twenty-seven, to whom God willed to make known the riches of glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Gentiles. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I always get a little a little timid. And a little feeling awkward, because you know when I read verses like the Gentiles are grafted in, I want me to immediately say, no, no, all people are equal. Everybody's got everything coming equally. Everybody's fine. You know, you're not. you uh-huh. Nobody's inferior. Nobody's superior. I always. Everybody gets. I get a little timid by that. But I constantly read these verses where Paul's saying, look, you uh, idol worshippers, you pagans, you weren't in. But I, we brought you in. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And the mystery is because it says among the Gentiles, which is, uh, which, which is Christ in you and the hope of glory. That's the version I've got. Uh-huh. So, um, so but the point is, is that so he seems to be saying this is a mystery that's been hidden since the beginning. I think it's very close to what you've been saying all the time that there's just one people of god and the collective name for them may be israel and so i think he's saying you know, you know there was a time when all people were together at the beginning and god the whole world only had one god at the beginning that's why it starts off in the beginning uh-huh. <laughs> and then it gets and then they separate to go over the earth and make up their own gods their own idols they make up their own god's rules and they become pretty solid. And, of course, that,
2: that led to uh, the universal flood of judgment. Then it led to the Tower of Babel. Then it led to the creation of nation groups and people groups so that we could go on existing even with all of that variety and yeah. living in the messy world we live today.
3: And what's interesting is <laughs> the, Believers and non-believers and altogether. the riches of this glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. So I think it's what you always are, if you are pardon the pun, harping on. <laughs> um, harping, I thought, was a good word. Uh, sounds rather religious, doesn't it? Yes. Um, but you see what you're always saying about everybody's uh, included, everybody's in the people of God. Well, if they are, how did they get there? That And you say, it's part of the plan of salvation. you said that more times than I can count. It's one of my favorite well, things. Well, <laughs> if you say that, it seems to be saying right there what you always like to say, that phrase. Because it seems to be saying, the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles. In other words, from the very beginning... Mm-hmm. the idea was was to bring in all the other people that were not Jews and make everybody equal. Always, yeah. yeah. So if that is the plan, th- that seems to me to be saying that's the mystery. That's
2: I will be changed. their God, they will be my people. Yeah, all But the, it seems mm-hmm. to
3: say that's the mystery that was set from the beginning.
2: I think I think that is part of it and that uh and and the point is that it's a new spiritual race the race of the redeemed in other words is whether jew or gentile those are those are distinctions at least we understand them in a religious sense as of separation you know but, uh, but, but it's, it's like if you're flying in an airplane over the united states you don't see texas you don't see the dotted line on the terrain below you out looking out the window of the airplane. You don't see the dotted line that goes across Oklahoma, Texas, Louisiana,
3: New Mexico. You don't see. But th- you can look out the window and see this great big H for hot coming. <laughs> for, <what>? for heat? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Oh. You said you don't see the dotted line. I said, yeah, but you can look out and see this great big H coming, like for hot. <laughs> <laughs> for like Oh,
2: yeah, like the weatherman says yeah. a heat wave or yeah a high, high pressure uh, uh-huh. front coming in. But the point. Is that you don't see on the map? You just see the whole thing, and I think we tend to see it uh, here uh, on planet Earth. We tend to make these distinctions and these uh, define ourselves by these dotted lines and groups. You know, we are Jew, we are you are Gentiles, you. And yet, the plan of God has always been universal. He sees people just. And out of the human race, he's calling out a people for himself. I will be their God. They
3: will be my people. Well, isn't, and that, to what you just said again seems to be what it's saying here, mm-hmm. that this is the mystery. This was the plan all along. Because it, the Jews have never, ever, ever thought it was meant just for them. Right. And that's one reason the Jews always teach their children that the Ten Commandments, Moses' laws, I can say it was at Mount Sinai, but Mount Sinai is not in Israel. Because if it was just Israel, it could say, well, it's for the Right, of right. israel yeah it was done before they got
2: there but because of a human tendency obviously I, I, human beings we all are we tend there could be a tendency among the pe- uh, jewish people to uh, in in misunderstanding it and just reducing it down to the human level that in thinking of israel as just us instead of The broadest sense, and it's a true sense. I mean, there is, we are, nation groups and people groups are real, and we can understand them, but the... The bigger truth, I think, is what Paul is saying, is that God is dealing with all of humanity. His plan is to call out a people out of the human race for himself. I will be their God. They will be my people. Forty-six times. How many hours a night
3: do you you sleep? Generally about eight? Me? Yeah. Oh, man, I wish I did. Six or eight or whatever. Yeah, yeah, okay. So let's say eight. Okay. So for eight hours a day, you are keeping all of God's laws. (laughs) So you're one-third there. it was some of my crazy dreams. I kind of wonder maybe I'm not, but well, let
2: know about that oh I know let's not go there well, Colossians well, anything else we want to mention about what generally speaking about Colossians the uh, general I, theme
3: I think, I think we've exhausted that
2: okay, hope of glory uh, uh I'm looking through some of our questions to see if there might be something um uh, Okay, that's good. Yeah, so, let's go to wanna, Thessalonica. Well, Thessalonica. Okay.
3: What you tell me what, in uh, First uh, Thelo, uh, Thessalonians, mm-hmm. uh, Thessalonians, uh, in chapter four, verse uh, seventeen. What does that mean? Four seventeen, First yeah.
2: Thessalonians. Well, you now, tell that, me what that g- means. Generally speaking, Paul's letters to the Thessalonians, he really. Uh, evidently there were some questions that people had asked about when jesus is going to return again and uh, they had some questions about you know what happens when people die and do we you know th- there was death and how things are going to end and when jesus is going to come back and so on and he addresses it in first thessalonians very beautifully but then there were some misunderstandings there were people that were selling all of their house and getting everything and going and sitting up on a hill uh
3: quitting their jobs and just waiting for jesus oh, to no, come back time
2: and so he corrected them in the book of second thessalonians
3: uh, anyway I I guess we're out of time. So well, what were you going
2: to say about Thessalonians, real quick? Uh, well, can you say it, it or, say,
3: or not? Well, it says, what, what is this being called up in the air together? I was going uh, to let you explain that. The idea yeah. of the rapture. Well, yeah. maybe we could touch on it again next uh, week. Anyway, but, but always be the kind of person you would like to have for a parent. That's all for tonight, folks. See you next week.
1: The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you
4: by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is PO Box 1888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218.
0: Hear the entire Bible every year on the Bible Live weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join sophie every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on the, the Bible, Bible Live Quiz Live. Show.